2: We'll be and welcome back to another episode of A Change in Attitude, your modern look at the Attitude era of WWF. I am your host this week, Ori the Draw, and with me on this wonderful journey, as always, is his lordship himself, the Podfather Mags. How are you today, my good friend, whom wow. I love so much? Oh,
3: you butter me up, ma'am. You butter me up. This this is not what she was saying earlier in a different stream. People believe me. Uh, yeah, I'm doing really good. Uh, Tired a little bit. Uh, it's been a hectic week with uh, football and, and UFC, but yeah, glad to uh, to be chatting some WWF Raw with with some of my besties.
2: Yeah. And of course, also along for the ride with us today is the Scottish juggalo, Danny. And how are you today, sir?
4: Really well. Thank you very much, guys. Um, Looking forward to today.
2: Yes. So we are looking back at the January 20th, 1997 episode of Raw. If you're following along on Peacock, that's going to be season five, episode three. This takes place in the Montana Arena in Beaumont, Texas. Uh, Of course, Royal Rumble the night before was over in San Antonio. Mm -hmm. And this show started off pretty dang wild. We've got Vince, we've got King, we've got JR all at ringside on commentary and Brett comes out automatically. All three of them for some odd reason leave the commentary table and start facing off and squaring off with with Brett basically in the ring who's calling out Vince saying, you know, you promised me this, you promised me that, you promised me a shot at the title. You screwed me out of all of this. And so I quit Mm -hmm. and starts to head off through the crowd. Vince starts chasing him. And then out of nowhere, we've got Stone Cold Steve Austin in the ring who starts fussing at Brett and saying you're crying and whining and belly aching about who screwed you why don't you get in here and i was supposed to face sid and he's got a concussion and a yellow stripe down his back
3: (laughs) Not stated
2: (laughs) my dear husband from the other room no less so let's talk about all of this. Oh, and then Vince in, ends up leaving commentary altogether. Mm-hmm. So we're yep. left with what we traditionally remember from the Attitude era as the key components of commentary JR and King. Mm-hmm. This was a very interesting way to start off raw. And I don't know how much of this was actually planned. Or kayfabe, or reality, or what was going on. But I will say, it feels more like the the Raw's that we're used to from the Attitude Era. What what we kind of remember, you know, whether it's um, what do you call that effect where you remember, remember things that weren't Mandela. actually, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 whether we have the Mandela effect or if it's actually the way it was, and so. But this felt more, this felt more like attitude era than what we've seen in the past.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, what yeah. do you guys think about all of it?
3: Yeah, well, uh, me and Danny were were literally saying exactly the same thing just uh, just uh, before we started recording that um, of all the rows that we've we've watched uh, uh, throughout this run, this felt the most attitude era-esque um it felt real it felt um fresh it felt chaotic and i think that's what i'm taking away from it the most the the chaos of this whole episode um yeah it it was um it was a breath of fresh air um i i thought it was a, a an outstanding way to uh to kind of uh differentiate this row from the rows that have, uh, that we've uh, we've watched over the last uh thirty five or so episodes. Um this this really feels like a change. Um I mean, is it gonna stick around uh um for for the for the short term? I know this is how rows end up being uh, all the way throughout the, the majority of the attitude era. Um but this feels like a taste of what
4: we've got to come. It really does, doesn't it? It's um, mm-hmm. it's like you said, a breath of fresh air. But the thing that really started pointed out to me was uh, Vince McMahon's facials. They were totally on point. What did you guys think of uh, Vince's performance here?
3: Yeah, I think I, th- I thought you're you're absolutely right. Um, uh, everybody in this and uh, Ori made a point of, of whether it uh, was was k or not. I think we're still in the the, the pre recorded um, like era. So this was the product that WWE wanted to put out. Um, so I think that, that it certainly is k But everybody in this whole kind of uh, uh this 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 seg- segment played their part perf- perfectly. You had uh, Brett looking like he was pissed off, getting the crowd round behind him, uh, really kind of uh, blurring the lines between reality and fiction, uh, pointing out uh, the promises that Vince had made. You had uh, essentially um J.R selling vince under under the uh under the bus saying that he saw uh brett win the win the rumble and he should have won you had king uh says they wanted brett to leave and and go away then you have austin coming in being that that antagonist that just loves stirring the pot knowing that brett um is pissed off and he just wants to to add to that um yeah i, th- I thought it was a, a really well done segment
2: yeah, it was definitely very interesting because, you know, we had talked about in earlier episodes when Brian Pillman shows up where he starts towing the line between, you know... Bookerman. all that. Yeah, Booker Man yeah. versus, like, he's the one really in charge. And this even further points towards that. And so it's kind of, in a way, doing some long-term storytelling you know, ever so slowly we're getting to that point where it's going to be revealed that while Gorilla may be president, he's not really the one in charge.
3: He's just a puppet. And That's Vince right. is the puppet master.
2: That's right. And so it's it's really, really interesting because it's like Jr. and King are trying to take away from that. So you you get kind of this little reveal without completely showing your hand, you know, mm-hmm. in poker. And so it's it's kind of fun because, to, in a sense, we know what's coming. We know how things turn out. Yeah. You know, even myself, who didn't really watch during this time, I, I know what's going to be revealed. I know what eventually ends up being revealed. I don't know how it happens, but it's kind of fun to watch and see this How the chessboard plays out. Yeah, how it all unfolds. It's like watching a stop motion of of clouds going through the sky and seeing how or a flower bloom. Like, you know how it's going to turn out, but seeing all those little intricate pieces, all the petals on the the flower being revealed one at a time, it's really kind of cool. But we end up transitioning from that to a tag team match between Owen Hart and British Bulldog versus Philip LeFon and Doug Furness. And it was really weird to me because British Bulldog and Owen Hart, it was like they had no knowledge of what had happened previously that Brett had quote unquote quit and didn't care. Like their focus was completely on the match. And you would think that, I mean, not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but the three of them they've been the heart foundation they they're, they're mm-hmm. so intrinsically intertwined that it, it's odd that they would have no reaction to this whatsoever yeah to me anyway
3: that is a, a really good point, uh, and uh, I think the the way I personally would explain uh, that is that they had their own issues. Um, if, if we uh, go back twenty four hours, uh, Owen did eliminate Bulldog from from the Rumble, so there is that kind of can I trust my partner uh, issue going on. Owen obviously has this uh, has this issue with his brother, uh, where uh, Bulldog has been kind of playing the the peacemaker, but. Uh, Bulldog knows that he's got uh, he's got issues in-house to deal with uh, and and Brett's problems are essentially Brett's problems
2: yeah it, it was all very interesting mm-hmm. very convoluted. Um, the match in and of itself I felt was okay um I think it felt more of a cool off to kind of calm down everything that had happened before and try to refocus everybody. Um, I don't think it was anything amazing to write home about. There were some really good moves by LaFon and Furnace. You end up with Owen hitting them with the Slammy Award. Surprise, surprise. Typical Owen shenanigans. And then it's all over. Mm-hmm. Um, Danny, what'd you? Th- what did you think? Because... Am I viewing this wrong <laughs> or give me a, you know, did did I need to look at this with a different perspective? Because I really had a hard time getting into this match.
4: No, I don't think you're looking at it wrong because I'm very much like you. I've never seen this before. Um, I, I would say this was the best match on the card. Me and uh, the Lord was talking about that before uh, we jumped on here. Um, yeah. Um, other than that, um yeah, I would definitely say it was the best match. Uh, there was a lot of good chain wrestling in there. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and Owen Hart, did you see Owen Hart hit a really good uh, flying drop kick as well? I think those were the two things that stood out to me. But the biggest thing was uh, this actually had a clean finish. Well, it was sort of like a dirty finish, but it had a one-two-three in there. Um, what did you think about it, Max?
3: Yeah, I'm um, I'm I'm gonna kind of like um, differ than uh, from from you two a little bit. I thought this was a this was a really good way of keeping that momentum of the the first segment going. Uh, a, a lot of times when we've been uh, watching these rows, we've had really good promos or we've had really good kind of like backstage segments, and it's the wrestling that time and time again has let the show down. Um, but with uh, with uh, Owen in this match and and on uh, and LaFon really being outstanding in this tag division, um, and then obviously Davies a, a great worker in of, in of himself. Um, this this could have easily been. Um, um, a much better match but it was it was certainly a, a passable row match like Danny said we got some great chain wrestling um i'm I'm actually more disappointed that we don't see more of furnace and and the fun in in w w f uh because these two are are really good together. They've got some great chemistry, uh, not only as, as as tag partners, but with the the opponents that they're facing. And it's a shame that uh, that didn't end up being a, a lot more longer term run. But they they did what they needed to do in uh, in uh, dropping the, the the victory to to the champions. Um, I enjoyed the match. I really thought it was good. Uh, great, fi- great uh, finish with the Slammy Award and then the the Running Power Slam. It it made a lot of sense. Ticked a lot of boxes for me, and it kept that kind of uh, harp going uh, for me uh, until we get into the into the next segment and that shit the bed.
2: Yeah, that kind of <laughs> felt. I kind of felt the same way about that. We had Farouk in the Nation of Domination come out, and then poor Bart Gun. Like, I get they're trying to capitalize on the fact that they're in Texas. He's supposed mm-hmm. to be a Texas boy. Like, there was almost no fanfare for Bart Gunn to come out to. No. Whatsoever. Nobody. None. You could, I don't know that you could have paid them to care. Like, I think if it would have been Billy Gunn, I, I think they it would have blown the roof off. But Bart, nah, not so much. Yeah.
3: And I think the issue there is that Billy's been portrayed as the heel. He's the one who was chasing Sable. He was the one who essentially split the tag team. Bart is the face in all this. But he, he has the charisma of a, a block of cheese. Hey, don't use he he cheese um,
4: like um, that. I, I think really I like know, cheese. I think I know why the uh, fans weren't into Bart Gunn. Because was I think terrible. it was because he was born in Florida.
3: so he's a he's a phony texan much like ray cash he's like me baltimore born and bred (laughs) but yeah the, the the match itself was was not even uh it didn't even make up for for the the apathy um i'm not a huge fan of these kind of uh M and M, machine gun Kelly, wannabe uh, white rappers that are part of uh, Nation Domination. It it does get better, people, believe me. Um, but yeah, um, it was a, essentially a numbers game that uh, that, that held Bart down. It ended up becoming uh, a jobber match. Um, yeah, what can we say? It pushes Farouk though, which uh, which is, I suppose is the aim of uh, of, of what happened.
2: Yeah, I mean, we end up with, um, if I remember correctly... But essentially,
3: Bart, um, um, I think Farouk tries to... to ro- oh, no, Bart chases off the two uh, M&Ms. Uh, he ends up getting hit by Farouk. Crush uh, lays, in, lays in a bit of the boot, rolls him back into the ring, Dominator, and uh, a five-minute squash.
2: And see, that's the thing. Like, it was so it's hard to remember i mean anybody also, else also in my in my defense i watched royal the royal rumble and this show back to back mm-hmm. so you know trying I mean, to remember all of
3: that for, for me the the issue in this was that it was Bart Gunn um he's unfortunately he he's not got the star power to uh to elevate this match if it would have been maybe flash funk that would have been um, a better replacement but it is what it is uh, and Bart's now the new Savio Vega King of the Jobbers.
4: That's actually a good nickname.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame though because Savio Vega is so good.
3: I love Savio Vega he's so I so talented.
2: Too. I do too. He comes out with Gorilla Monsoon, mm-hmm. who um, then, in essence, makes talks about what happened at the Royal Rumble, and makes a four man no DQ match because of the results, because of the 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 referees not seeing Stone Cold Steve Austin being eliminated, um, which I think is very interesting booking. Um, I mean, I can't say it's not something we haven't seen before necessarily. Um, but yeah, we're going to get this four man, no DQ match. And then whomever wins that match, will go on to face whoever happens to be the WWF champion. Um, and it's going to be Taker and Vader who were both eliminated by Stone Cold, Steve Austin fraudulently. Bret Hart, if he accepts and then Stone Cold, Steve Austin. So Stone Cold comes out. Threatens Monsoon, gets in Vince's face. I should, you know, they declared me the winner. There's no instant replay. It is what it is. You've all already said, Monsoon, that you're going to uphold the referee's decision. There's no reason for us to have this match, basically. And then Brett comes out and says he accepts. So Brett and Stone Cold start battling on the entrance ramp. We go to commercial and come back, and they're still going at it. Mm -hmm. And then Taker comes out because Taker and Austin are supposed to have a match. And then now it's Taker and Brett fighting on the entrance ramp and then Taker and Austin. And then, Oh God, there, there was so much insanity, but in such a good way, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes shenanigans like this can really fall flat, but this worked, this worked really, really well. Um, See, Taker attacks Brett, Austin gets in and Taker goes after Austin, then from somewhere, Vader shows up, and then Brett and Vader, oh, Brett and Vader, they finally get uh, Brett backstage, and then we get shots backstage of Brett and Vader fighting, and then at the end of it, everybody's in the ring, everybody's fighting everybody, because Vader ends up coming out with Paul Bear. And then Brett comes out, and like, and I don't understand what's happening with that, that. That was the only confusing part for me. Why is Paul Bearer with Vader?
3: Because Vader attacked Undertaker uh, in the lead up to the Royal Rumble.
2: Oh, So he's okay. kind of so transitioned. Bearer instantly. has now dropped mankind, and now he's with Vader because Vader's attacked. Taker and so fair yeah, I don't, I don't know if he's.
3: I don't know if he's fully dropped Mankind. I think um, him and Mankind link back up later on in in the year. Uh, but yeah, essentially Vader's now now uh, under the management of, of Paul Bearer. But what I actually really enjoyed about this was how this this segment with uh, Gorilla Monsoon floored into the match, which then floored into the the brawl. Uh, you explained it perfectly. It was it was utter insanity? It was chaotic. But it was entertaining chaotic. Uh, and I think the the one defining factor is still called Steve Austin. He has grown so much in the in the in the, the, the six months or so that we've been watching him. He's becoming the 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 the, rattlesnake. Uh, the way he's the ways in uh, Gorilla Monsoon's face, calling him a jackass, uh, saying he shouldn't have to be in this uh, match, uh, and once he beats them three uh, 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 at the pay per view, he's going to come and beat uh, Gorilla Monsoon's ass. Brilliant, just and then there was some
2: kind of line about, um, "I'll get you a bunch of bananas and tell you show you where to stick them." And I'm like, yeah. "Wow, like Edgy. it was it was great." Like I can't <laughs> even. It was hard to discern at some points what part was just the match. Uh, But I think there was enough of a chunk there that that we could. Um, But really, the, the, the match was kind of. It was necessary because they had put it on the card, but at the same time, it was completely unnecessary because it was just insanity all around, but in the best way possible. Yeah, it, it, was. it just, it made sense. Everything made sense. Everything flowed well, even to the point of seeing the backstage shots between Brett and Vader, then having them come back out to the ring and everything just going to hell in a handbasket. Bells ringing for no reason because ain't nobody going to break up. You know, they're going to continue. You can take your bell and shove it where the sun don't shine because we're throwing down. So it was... It's a very. It was a crazy beginning, and it was a crazy end. Some of the stuff in the middle didn't make a whole lot of sense. It was filler, but the beginning and end of this episode is is the best part, really mm-hmm. and truly.
3: And and I, I'm going to do something now that that it pains me to my very soul to do, but I'm going to give props to Jerry Lawler, because in this segment um he played up to his uh to his role as an antagonist um when uh, jim ross uh, mentions that the Undertaker's got uh, injured ribs, he's shouting at Austin, focus on the ribs, focus on the ribs. And he actually gets out of his chair and mm. goes to ringside and he's, and he's trying to get Austin's attention. Hit him in the ribs, hit him in the ribs. Um, yeah, I don't like giving uh, Jerry Lawler a lot of praise, but I've got to give him praise for that. He really kind of added uh, an extra layer to to this story for me.
2: And to me, that's what an an antagonistic or a color commentator should be. Maybe not to the point of getting up out of his chair, although that definitely added to it, but being able to be antagonistic without attacking, you know what I'm saying? Or taking advantage of things like we've seen Jerry do in the past. You know, that, that this was color commentating done right you know even talking about brett he quit he quit you know why, why should he get to accept he just said he quit you know that there's good ways to do it you know and this this was a great example
3: yeah and, sure. and, and lots of alluding to what we're going to see in later in the year as well with our uh, with brett saying that uh the wwf and vince and sean Michaels have all screwed him yeah, just mm. give it give it six months or so, nine months. Um, you may be uh, thinking that, that they've screwed you more than you ever know. Foreshadowing.
2: Yeah, that, <laughs> okay. that's what I was thinking as Brett was talking about being screwed over. I was like, oh, Brett screwed Brett. You know, <laughs> this is where it all starts coming down. I was, I was about to start looking up on my phone. I'm like, what date was the Montreal screw job? Like, how close are we to this? Mm -hmm. And so because it's it's really starting to feel like we're getting very close to that point. So storyline wise, anyway. Yeah, so so Danny, you've uh
3: you've been notable in your sounds. What did you think of this? Whole I think because we just
4: last... we haven't shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fun. <far> as... yeah. <laughs> no, I'm enjoying uh, listening to you too. This
3: Emma. whole last uh, twenty minutes of or so of this show because there's very little <laughs> actual wrestling on the show. This is yeah. all storyline building. This is all um, character building. And ironically, the the least amount of wrestling has been the, one of the most entertaining shows we've watched.
4: Mm. Definitely. Um, the whole thing, to me, I just kept thinking, imagine Gorilla Monsoon in his prime versus Stone Cold. That would have been oh. pretty cool.
2: Oh, man. That's I, think, I think Gorilla
3: would would rip Stone Cold limb from limb. Yeah, definitely. And it would be the most
2: entertaining thing that we have seen in 35 weeks. No, I'm kidding. Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, that would have been really cool uh, to see, but... Um, I think Gorilla was in his sixties, um, Jim Ross mentioned at this point, so we wasn't gonna see that. But yeah, the whole thing, I just I can't agree with both of you more. It was it just did its job. Um it really, really uh continued to drive the storylines. And I actually can't wait to to next week to uh review next week's show to see what happens. mm
3: mm-hmm. And and we, we're getting very, very close obviously to uh um the, the pay-per-view. Um but also something that happens just before the pay-per-view where a certain uh, uh, wrestler may lose a, lose their smile. So mm. it's all to change in the next few weeks. So, yeah, we're getting to a very interesting part in, uh, in uh, the WF right now.
2: In the history of things. We are. Yeah, it definitely feels like a... a an... I need to say this because I, like, I feel like I've said this a couple of times or that we've said this, whether it's been myself, you, Tanner, Danny, anybody, but it feels like a change is on the horizon. But at the same time, like I said, we've said that a few times and then it, it's, you know, two steps forward, three steps back.
3: Yeah, but again, it, it kind of um, it links to a, a mindset that we've had since doing this show that, WWE's history um, it, it's it's very it's painted that these things were instantaneous that such a thing happened and this gal was a star uh, such a thing happened and this era of wrestling started it didn't it 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 slowly evolved into the attitude era there wasn't one real kind of defining moment that said right that is the the new generation era done, and this is the attitude era it was very much baby steps uh, and i think that's the most interesting point of this of doing the show that we can go back and 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 kind of see that it wasn't uh, uh an instantaneous change it was Uh, Very, very gradual uh, that you see little flashes of of excellence and then back to uh, um, a lot of tedium before we get to the the absolute craziness that is full blown attitude era.
2: And I think that's an important thing to really keep in mind as you know, even as we look at modern wrestling, because I know a lot of us myself included get very frustrated with what's going on with a product. We we want things to happen here and now and sometimes when you give it that push that you think that it needs, it works out that way and it works very well and sometimes it doesn't. Some I think it's good for us as wrestling fans as the internet wrestling community to remember that sometimes these things can't just happen overnight. You have to while a large portion of us may be behind this one wrestler and what they're doing, in order for it to be a really good push, you got to get everybody behind it. You've got to get as many people as you can wanting to see what we see in a certain wrestler. And so I think that's another thing that that makes this podcast kind of fascinating because like you said, you know, it, we think, oh, Stone Cold won the King of the Ring and dropped Stone Cold 316 and that was it. Attitude Era was born or, you know, and that. And we've got a whole, what, year and a half since then before it really kicks in really well. Mm-hmm. And we're yep. only six months into it, 32, yep. 35 some odd weeks. So I, I think that's that's a great thing to remember. You know, it, for, it, for it's
3: the rose colored glasses effect, I think. And, yeah. And something that, that you mentioned as well, the Mandela effect. Yeah. We, we remember it being instantaneous because we are told it was instantaneous. When you actually go back, it's not as, uh, as instantaneous as, as it's made out.
2: Yeah, definitely. You know, we want it to be, but that's not <laughs> what we want and what reality is, is a very different cookie.
4: There's so many other examples of that throughout WWE, like um, when uh, JBL split up from uh, the APA, um, WWE would have you think he was just this massively good heel, but it did take a long time, and it took a long time for Eddie Guerrero to make JBL into Mm -hmm. a heel, into a proper heel that fans could take seriously, but there's hundreds of other examples of that as well.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely.
0: This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out TheChairShop.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, TheChairShop.com.
2: But I think that's going to do it, unless anybody has any final thoughts on this week's episode of Raw, the Raw after the Royal Rumble, January 20th in Beaumont, Texas. I mean,
3: I'd like to wrap this episode up by by saying, if you're watching this for wrestling, um, watch the first match and then skip the rest. If you watched it for the storyline and for for the uh, the genesis of what the Attitude Era is going to be, this is a good kickoff point because you see a lot of that that uh, chaos, that a lot of that kind of a uh, almost unplanned um, madness. Uh, the 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 attribute is so famous for so yeah for me this was a, a really entertaining show uh yeah. danny give us your your views on this
4: yep definitely the same um because uh it's just all about the story to me isn't it it's just mm-hmm. um getting to the pay-per-view and then getting to wrestlemania which i'm really looking forward to um yeah i'm enjoying the uh, journey
2: definitely all right so let's get some socials and get the heck out of here danny where can people find
4: you thank you um you can find me on twitter at scottish uh i may not sound scottish but i am um, um you can find me also you can listen to me on one man's meat podcast where we've just um re- uh, recorded our second episode with chris bellis um you can find me on Nitro Nights with the great Cy and you can find me here where I'll be next week.
2: Wow, you got a lot going on, my friend. Well, <laughs> you, you're you turning into another Mags just jumping in the deep Whoa.
4: end.
2: <laughs> jumping in the deep end, got like six podcasts best. going.
4: <laughs> I learned from the best.
2: Ah, there you go. There you go.
3: Somebody knows how to butter up the
4: electorate.
2: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't like buttering up the electorate. There's plenty of other people that can do that for me. I like to give the electorate shit. <laughs> it's more fun that way. Speaking of Lord Mags, where can all the good people find you, my friend?
3: Yep, you can. Uh, you can find me on on the Twitter at Pobfather Mags. I've also started sharing clips of uh of the content I'm involved in on that TikTokky thing. Um, that's at uh, I think. Mags All Pods? Maybe, maybe not. I'm sure he'll be there. Just...
2: Um, I've seen Mags All Pods, but I've also seen there's one for chain wrestling.
3: Oh yeah, that that's run by Sai. He's more I mean, it's it's a um a paradox, but he's more technically advanced on TikTok than I am. Um, <laughs> But yeah, you follow. Uh, come and follow me on, on on Twitter. You'll find links to all the content I'm, I'm involved in, whether it's here on Cheshire or on Radio Techers or Visionaries Global Media. Uh, but before I kind of uh, sign off, I, I do want to give Danny some flowers. Uh, I'm really enjoying Natural Nuts. Uh, um, I I love the the fact that you are um, on a, a show that is uh, retrospectively reviewing both sides of this, uh, of this um, uh, Monday night war that we're, we're going into uh, your, your views on both are, are really kind of refreshing and it's cool to, to, to hear. Uh, so yeah, keep up the good work. sir.
4: Thank you very much. Thank you.
2: And if you would like to follow our missing in action partner, Tanner, you can find him at Texas Gentleman underscore. You can also catch him at Radio Techers uh, for your UFC, Premier League, chain wrestling. God, there's so many. There's so many things there. There's lots.
3: It's something for everybody. That's right. So go and And, give it a subscribe.
2: Yeah, you can find them both on Twitch and... um, on the YouTubes under Radio Techers. That's R-A-D-I-O-T-E-K-K-E-R-S. And of course, for myself, Ori the Draw, you can find me at Ori the Draw on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And that's going to be our show for today. Thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget to check out all of the cool shows here, new shows every day on the CheerShot Radio Network. And you can also check out our store at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Shot. And don't forget, you guys, always use your head.